like to recognize our fathers here this morning and wish everyone a happy Father's Day. And I'm going to ask you to stand so that we can welcome all the fathers who are here. And just for the record, I'm standing. I don't get to stand for Mother's Day and I don't get to stand for Veterans Day, but I'm very proud to be able to be standing with the fathers. So would you stand please now so that we can welcome you, fathers. Thank you very much. A couple of announcements I'd like to stress. We're pre-registering for Alden Bible Camp. It's coming up June 23 through 27. You can read how to do that in the bulletin. Also, Alden Senior Fellowship this Saturday is having a covered dish lunch. There are more details in the bulletin. All you need to know if you want to know if you're a senior or not, you just have to be 60 years of age or over. I'd be tempted to go, but I'd be afraid they would card me as I try to get in. Um, summer schedule of services is approaching. For all of the Sundays in July and August, we'll be having one combined worship service at 9 o'clock, Bible school at 10.30 a.m. That is in the bulletin, so if you didn't get that right there, you can, you can refer to that, but be sure to take note of that. Also, we'll be having our evening service on June 29th. We're trying to give you enough uh, advance notice of this so you can come prepared, but we're having our evening service on June 29th in Providence Park, Caddy Corner to the uh, church here. So be sure to bring bug spray and uh, bring chairs with you, if you will. I'd like to thank everyone who helped with the community picnic yesterday. Uh, it was a great day. The Lord provided the weather, and uh, so many of you provided the hard work, both before, during, and after in cleaning up. We had somewhere in the neighborhood of 650 guests from the community, in addition to the folks from the church who were there. I forget the exact numbers, but something like 1,300 slices of pizza, 900 hot dogs, and all sorts of things. But uh, thank you so much for your prayers and for your involvement in that and for all those folks from the community who were a part of that and, and saw the love of the Lord. I'd like to encourage you to check out the inserts also in the bulletin today. We have one with the adult Bible school classes. We encourage you all to attend Bible school all the time, but this is the schedule for the summer, who will be teaching, what the subjects are, where they will be. And also the Alden Union Church Women's Ministries is having a game night on Friday, July 11th. So you can note that on your calendars and be prepared and, and take a good look at that. I understand that the first time they had that, everyone had such a great time that they asked for this to be uh, repeated once again. If you look at the order of worship at the top of the page, there are a couple of verses. Uh, Pastor Rich will be preaching a little bit later on. Uh, these verses will be included in that. The whole idea is to be able to help others to remember what it is that the Lord wants us to remember. And so his commands, we're supposed to be talking about them when we're sitting at home, when we walk along the road, when we lie down, when we get up. Uh, they're supposed to be all over everywhere. So let's take a moment even now to remember those things of the Lord that he would bring to our mind even now in this moment now of silent prayer and meditation. So let's take a moment in silent prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you that it's that word that's to be on our hearts, 
and we're to impress your word on our children. And it's to be a vital part of everything we do, everywhere we go. Thank you for that, and thank you that your word is exalted and honored, and so is your name here this morning. And thank you for the privilege and the blessing of knowing you. And thank you for the privilege of practicing your presence here with us this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. around us, greet one another. Special bonus if you find a fellow by the name of Rob.
Thank you. You may be seated. Is it me or was that outstanding singing this morning? That was, that was very, very nice, and I get to hear all of you, which is great. Uh, on the inside facing of the front page of our hymnals, the Apostles' Creed, if you'll turn there with me, we'll either read or recite that together right now. Christian, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Let's continue our focus on, on Jesus by opening our hymns at uh, 460, All the Way My Savior Leaves Me. You may re remain seated for this. 460.
Let's look to the Lord in prayer this morning together. Father, we come into your presence rejoicing that you do lead us all the way when we trust in you. And we ask for the ability to, to be able to trust in you in all things. When trials come, when blessings come, and we just thank you so much for the blessing that you have given uh, us in this church to be able to come and worship you this day. We thank you for the blessings of our fathers, and we ask for our special encouragement and grace on those who are fathers, those who would want to be fathers, that you would bless them uh, with that joy according to your perfect will and pleasure in their lives. We ask that you would give the fathers in our congregation a, a special um, encouragement today, a special ability uh, and wisdom in training their children and in following you and bringing them up in your nurture and admonition. We thank you so much for the outreach that this church has had. We thank you for the picnic yesterday and for the many who attended and uh, some who heard the gospel and we pray that those who had, had the opportunity to hear the gospel for the first time that it would really set into their minds and they would consider uh, the claims that, <clears throat> that Jesus has in their lives. We thank you for other areas of outreach and for those who are um, scattered around in, in different areas. We think of the serviceman of the week and pray for your special blessing on John Kenya and ask that you would uh, guide him in his activities in the Navy. We think of our college students as they're uh, most likely home uh, from their, their colleges at this point, but spending the, the summer with various activities and ask that you would give them real encouragement. We pray especially for Phil and Vicki Ingham, asking that you would encourage them uh, through the summertime and as they prepare to go back to school in the fall, that you would just give them uh, the guidance and the ability that they need. We think of Scott Tyler uh, on the Board of Trustees and pray for special enablement <clears throat> for um, uh, time uh, spent in his preparations and in the work that he does with the House Committee and just give him real uh, clear encouragement and wisdom through this week as he's the leader of the week. Lord, we do ask for all the, the, the leaders here in the church, for the elders and the trustees, especially for our pastors, that you would just protect them because we know that they're in the, <clears throat> in the crosshairs of Satan and pray that you would encourage them and protect them uh, from the evil onslaught and give them the grace that they need. We ask for the, the leaders of our country that you would uh, just somehow give them great wisdom as we just see so many things deteriorating around us and uh, pray that you would intervene in their lives to give them the, the wisdom and the guidance that they need to uh, lead this country in the way that you want this country to be led. And Father, we uh, uh, praise you and thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to give, give back to you a very small portion of what you have blessed us with. Uh, we know that uh, there are many uh, expenses involved with the church, and it's a, a privilege, a joy, and also a responsibility to give of what you've given to us. So we ask that you would just take it a, a step further, and for those who have not been able to give or not, uh, not been giving on a regular basis, that you would just lay it on their hearts to uh, give 
the, the proper tithes and offerings that uh, they, they should be giving to you. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to give back to you. We ask that you would multiply and bless what is given today and use it to your honor and glory. We just commit all this to you in Jesus' wonderful, precious name. Amen. Please take out your hymnals again and turn with me to uh, hymn 42, sing Seek Ye First. Uh, please stand with me as we sing number 42. Thank you. 
Thank you. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. A uh, special happy uh, Father's Day to all of you who are fathers this morning. I, uh, because we have a dress code here on the platform, you can't see what I'm actually wearing, but I'm wearing my official Father's Day t-shirt this morning that was given to me by my daughter. Um, I figured I'd put it up here. It says, Dad's Against Daughters Dating. And uh, I know you fathers can appreciate that. Once I get home, the jacket, the tie, and the collar shirt will come off, and that's what I'll wear the rest of the day. I heard a pastor say recently that um, we have a tendency to remember what we ought to forget and forget what we ought to remember. Say that again. We have a tendency to remember what we ought to forget and forget what we ought to remember. Uh, You know what I'm talking about. You know this is true in your life, right? We remember all the little things that we really should just let go. We remember that time when someone did or said something to us 15, 20, 30 years ago that hurt us and hurt us deeply. We hold on to that. We remember that guy or girl who dumped us for someone else back when we were in high school. And we remember the details of that. We remember the lyrics to all the songs we listened to growing up, maybe songs we shouldn't have listened to. I stopped listening to secular rock music when I was in about eighth grade. A week ago, Alden Boys Club was having their annual baseball tournament, and the commissioner was playing music off of his iPod. It was rock music from the 80s. I'm telling you, during the entire time we were setting the field up and getting it ready for that hour-long period of time, I was singing the lyrics to every one of those songs. We remember the things we ought not to remember sometimes, or we forget the things we ought to forget, or we forget forget the things we ought to remember. We remember how we lost that big ball game. We remember words spoken out of anger to us by a parent. We remember the time that guy cut us off and then yelled out his window at us like it was our fault. We remember the insults. We remember the put-downs, the names that we were called. We remember that high school teacher that failed us because she didn't like the way that we dressed and because of that didn't think we belonged in the upper level classes that we were in. That may just be me. That may have been my issue only. Maybe you didn't deal with that one. I've never gotten over that though. We remember some of the things we did when we weren't living for Christ and we allow them to still haunt us and make us think that we're unworthy and incapable of being used today for his glory. See, we have a tendency to remember what we ought to forget and forget what we ought to remember. And the good part is, is that God knew that, right? And you know that. He, of course he did. He's God. He knows everything, and he knows everything about us. And that's why God spoke to Moses. That's why he told him to pass some things on to people, on to us. So if you will, turn with me in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy.
Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want to read the first nine verses. These are the commands, decrees, and the laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I gave, give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Let's pray. Our great God, we thank you. We thank you that you've given us your word. That you've loved us enough that you've chosen to engage with us through your word. That this is not just a bunch of stories, that's not just a bunch of, of tales written, that's not man's idea, but it is words spoken from you to us so that we might know you better and know how we should live. Father, we pray this morning that you would speak through your word. I pray that you would help me get out of the way and that your words would speak and that your Holy Spirit would interpret and teach us as he needs to. For we pray these things in the strong name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. See, God recognized that we had this tendency, again, to remember what we ought to forget and forget what we ought to remember. And so he spoke these words to Moses so that, so that they would be recorded for us, that we could read them even today. And it's Father's Day, and while this message is not necessarily aimed at just fathers, it certainly is applicable to those of us who are fathers. So, Dad, stay awake, listen up, because these, apps, these verses absolutely apply to our roles as the leaders in our homes. Let me read them again. Follow along. These are the commands. Decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I gave you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, 
and when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. These commandments, referring back to the Ten Commandments in chapter 5, that are all summed up in chapter 6, verses 4 to 5, when, when we read, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments are to be upon our hearts. We are to impress them on our children. They are to be talked about when we're at home, when we're driving down the road or walking down the road, when we lie down, when we get up. In other words, they are to be the main subject of all of our conversations when we're together. Now, I don't know about you and what, what dinner table is like around you, uh, your home. I know at our home, most of the time, this is not what's going on around our dinner table. Around our dinner table, we're talking about the baseball game that's coming up, or we just had, or a gymnastics tournament, or, or what Alyssa's struggling with in gymnastics, or we're talking about grades that the children should have gotten, mostly D, should have gotten, or how well they did. It, it's got something to do with where they're going and what they're doing next. And yet God reminds us that the things that we should be talking about are found in here. At home, on the road, when we lie down, when we get up. And they're so important that God tells Moses to tell us to, to tie them as symbols on our hands or to bind them on our foreheads, to take and write them on the door frames of our houses and gates. We need visual reminders, visual reminders that these are the things that we're to remember. In other words, we need to keep them in front of us at all times. And why does God instruct Moses to instruct us this way? Why does he tell him to do these things? Because we have a tendency to remember what we ought to forget and forget what we ought to remember. I apologize, I'm not sure what happened to the screen up there, it just blanked out, um, but we'll try and catch up with that. God spends a lot of time reminding us what we ought to be remembering or not forgetting. And so this morning we're going to take a look at, at just a handful of passages. This is not a, a, a comprehensive survey by any means. It's just a small sampling of passages where we're specifically told to remember or not to forget something. And so we're going to be moving around a lot this morning, so get your fingers ready to go. And what I want us to remember is that most of the time when Scripture tells us to remember or not forget something, the instructions fall into one of two major categories. We are told to either remember God and something about him, or we're reminded to remember things about ourselves and the way that we ought to be living. So let's begin by looking at some of the things we're told to remember about God. Turn with me, if you will, to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 through 7.
The author of Ecclesiastes writes, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the street are closed and when the sound of the grinding fades, when men rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint, when men are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond, trees blo almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags himself along and desire no longer is stirred, then man goes to his eternal home and mourners go about the streets. Remember him before the silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken before the pitcher is shattered at the spring, or the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. In other words, the writer here is saying that from, from the days of our youth to our final breath, the day that we die, we need to be remembering God. We need to remember our Creator. And we're told to remember two things throughout most of the Old Testament. We are told to remember who he is and what he has done. So let's begin by turning to Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 4. And, and as you turn there, you will remember the story of Nehemiah. Right, Nehemiah is rebuilding Jerusalem's wall because he, he had looked out and he had realized that the wall was in ruins. And he had to go rebuild it. And so he makes all the arrangements and he goes and he's rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem. But he's not doing so without some opposition. There's a few guys, a handful of guys that, that are really trying to give them a hard time. Guys by the name of Sanballat, Tobiah, and some of their associates are just creating all kinds of opposition for Nehemiah and the Jews. And some of the people are beginning to get a little bit nervous and they're beginning to lose heart and the job that's in front of them. And so Nehemiah recognizes this, and, and, and he pulls his people together after making some provisions for them to make sure that they're safe from the opposition. He rallies the people together, and, and in verse 14 says this, After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. He says, listen, I know things don't look good, and our enemies are, are plotting against us, but remember God. Remember the Lord, who is great and who is awesome. Before you go out and fight, remember who it is that's in charge here. In Isaiah chapter 46, verse nine, 8 and 9, verses 8 and 9, Isaiah speaks the words of God himself and says, Remember this. Fix it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. 
I am God and there is none like me. And somehow we, we as God's people just often forget just who God is. We get busy and go about through our days and we try and do everything on our own and we forget who God is. And Moses recognizes this and God recognizes this. And so throughout the Old Testament we are told over and over that listen, we need to do something so that we remember that we remember who our God is. That he is Elohim, that he is the powerful God. That nothing is too hard for him to accomplish because he's the most powerful one. We need to remember that he's Adonai, the Lord. And when we remember that he's Adonai, we remember our place. If he's our Lord, we're his servants. We need to remember that he is El Elyon, the most high God. And when we do that, it helps us to remember how things in our life should be. If he is the most high God, then some of those other things that we are worshiping, maybe a little bit more highly than him, need to be knocked out of place. Those things that consume more of our time and energy than we're giving to God. We need to remember that he's El Shaddai, Almighty God. That he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. How helpful would that be to some of us when times are difficult, maybe we've lost a job or we've been laid off, to remember that God is the one who provides. It's not up to me. Yes, I need to work and I need to look for employment, but God is Jehovah Jireh. He's the one who provides for me and I need to rest in the remembrance of who he is. I need to remember God and remember that he's Jehovah Rophi, the Lord who heals. That he's Jehovah Nisi, the Lord who is our banner and goes before us into battle. Again, if, if I could get some of these things in my head and remember them, that when times get difficult, when they're tough, when, when the opposition is there and, and life is just hard and you don't feel like fighting anymore, if we could remember that it was God, Jehovah Nisi, who goes into battle for us, before us, that he's the one carrying the banner. He's going out and leading. Maybe we'd be able to get through those things a little bit easier. Maybe I'd be able to get through those things easier. We need to remember that he's Jehovah, Mekadesh, the Lord who sanctifies us. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. How many of us need to remember Jehovah Shalom sometimes, huh? When things get so crazy and are spinning out of control in our lives, are moving so fast, and we forget what it means to be still before God and to rest in him, to rest in Jehovah Shalom. My old pastor in, in New Jersey sends me a text message, a prayer every Sunday morning. Um, and this morning's prayer for me in the text message was that God would help me to find moments to be still and quiet before him this week. 
Jehovah Shalom. We need to remember who he is in the midst of the busyness. Jehovah said, can you, the Lord, our righteousness, do we remember him that way? Jehovah-Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd, the one who leads us beside quiet waters, helps, makes us lay down in green pastures, restores our very souls. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there in every situation, in every circumstance, when life feels like it's out of control and you don't know what to do, he's there. And he wants us to remember these things about him. He, he wants us to remember who he is. And we need reminders around us everywhere because we're a forgetful people. We forget who he is. We forget what we ought to remember about him. But in addition to remembering who he is, scripture instructs us to remember what he has done. To find ways to recall and remember what God has done in our lives. If you will, turn to Deuteronomy 4.9. Moses, as he instructs the people of Israel of God's commands and decrees, reminds them in this verse, says, only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. He says, listen, you've seen God. You've seen what he's done for you. You've seen the ways in which he's worked. You've seen the blessings he's given us. Now don't forget them. Don't forget what your eyes have seen. Teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Tell them the stories. Remind them of what God has done. In chapter 32, verse 7, Moses goes on and reminds the people some more and says, Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your fathers, and he will tell you. Your elders, and they will explain to you. In other words, remember the good old days, if you will. Not for the sake of the good old days, because they were so much better than they are now, but, but because we see the way God has worked. And our problem is, is we tend to forget that. And so when I sit around the table, the dinner table with my children, I need to remember the stories. I need to remember to tell our kids when times are tough and, and when there just isn't a lot of money for everything that they want. I need to remember to remind them that God provides. And he'll take care of us. I need to tell them the story of, of the time we were at LBC and Tammy's car blew up. Dead of winter, engine blows, it's a Sunday afternoon. She works back in New Jersey in Tom's River during the week. We don't know how she's going to get there. So we go out and we buy a car. Didn't have the money for it, but figured we'd somehow figure out a way to scrape by on the monthly payments. The very next day, a check arrived in my mailbox. That was, to the penny, the amount to cover the payments for the rest of that school year. 
from my old church. First year there, they hand sent me a thing. Last semester, without any word, they decided to send this check for the exact amount of those car payments. You remember that we need to remember these stories and tell them to our children of how God has worked, how God has blessed, what we have seen God do in our lives. Turn to First Chronicles chapter 16. First Chronicles 16, 8 to 12, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. And flip over a few more pages here, you know, a chunk of pages, the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 77, verse 11. The psalmist writes, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. And then over in chapter 103, verses 1 to 5. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise God and don't forget all of his benefits. What benefits? He reminds us here. We need to remind ourselves that he forgives our sin, that he heals our diseases, redeems our lives from the pit, crowns us with love and compassion, satisfies our desires with good things. In Psalm 105, 5, a page or two over, remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. See, over and over and over again, we're instructed to remember who God is, and what he's done for us. We're to find ways, tangible ways, to remember who he is and what he's done for us. We're to tell the stories and ask to have the stories told to us. We need the reminding because we are people who forget what we ought to remember. Well, not only are we told to remember God and Remember who he is and all he has done. We're also instructed to remember a good number of things that have to do with us and the way that we're to be living. God has reminders for us. If you will, turn over into the New Testament, to John chapter 15. John 15, verse 20. Jesus is speaking and says, Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecute me, they're going to, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and instructs them. says, Remember 
that we are called to be servants. Remember that we will face persecution. Those are things we ought to remember because they pertain to us. Turn to 2 Corinthians 9, 6, a few books later. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. The Apostle Paul writing here says, Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. We need to remember the principle of sowing in our lives. Just about every aspect of our lives is wrapped up in this principle of sowing. When we sow generously, we reap generously. When we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. We reap what we sow. And so as fathers, if I sow sparingly with my children and don't spend time in this book with my children, I can't expect much out of them, can I? If I choose not to spend time in this book myself studying it, I'll get what I've sown. I'll reap that. The principle of sowing in our lives permeates just about every area. Turn over another book to Ephesians chapter 2. Sorry, not another book, a couple books. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. The Apostle Paul in this great chapter of Ephesians has just gotten done reminding us that we were all once dead in our sin. He says, because of God's great love and mercy, we've been made alive in Christ. And it's by by grace that we've been saved. There's nothing that we can do to earn our salvation. There's nothing we can do to win God's favor. There's nothing we can do to work our way to heaven. Salvation comes only through what Christ did on the cross. It is a free gift. It's by grace that we're saved. And we get to verses 11 and 12. And he writes, Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope, and without God in the world. Paul goes in these verses and he urges his listeners, including us today, to remember who we formerly were. Right? That we were separate from Christ. That we were without hope and without God in this world. And that we are to remember his grace. I want to pause for a moment before going on, because that last point may be the most important thing that you've heard this morning. We need to remember who we were, and we need to remember God's grace. Maybe you're visiting with us this morning, or maybe you've been here for a long time, and maybe you've just been trying to work your way to heaven and earn your salvation. Maybe you've never accepted the free gift of grace that God offers you, Maybe you've never looked upon the mercy and love God has shown you in Christ and what he did on the cross for you. 
taking his sin upon, taking your sin upon himself, paying the price that you couldn't afford to pay. Maybe you're here this morning without hope. You're separate from Christ and without God in this world. And you need to know Jesus. And you want to have hope. And you want to have God. And maybe God's working in your heart right now as you sit here. Helping you to understand your sin. Helping you to understand that you are separated from God who so deeply desires a relationship with you. Helping you to understand that his grace poured out for you is more than enough for you. Let me urge you to pause for a moment and the quietness of your heart just admit your lostness and sin. To thank him for his grace, for his love, for his mercy that he demonstrated to us through his son Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross. To thank him for paying the penalty that you couldn't pay. To let him know that you're ready to accept that free gift of grace, that you believe that Jesus, was, that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, that he might save you. So let him know in the quietness of your heart that while you've been dead in your sin, you recognize that Christ died for you and you want to receive that free gift, that you want to follow him and make him Lord of your life. And maybe if you've just said those words in your heart, in the quietness of your heart, or maybe you do before the service is out, would you let me know? Would you let one of the other pastors know this morning? Or the person who brought you? Or somebody around you that we might be able to encourage you and pray with you? See, it's important for us to remember who we were and God's grace, because if we're without Christ, we're without that hope, and we need Christ in order to have hope. It's also important for us as believers, those who have accepted Jesus Christ, to remember who we were and remember God's grace. See, because until we do that, until we have a, a, a firm grasp on who we were and the grace that God has shown us, what happens is we tend to forget who we used to be. And we forget how lost we were at one time. And if it were not for somebody else sharing that news with us, we'd still be lost today. We'd still be without Christ. And the only way we as a congregation, as a people, are ever going to have a deep passion for reaching the lost around us is for us to remember who we were and to remember God's grace in our lives. It's the only way it's going to happen. We're also instructed to remember Jesus in 2 Timothy 2.8. 2 Timothy 2.8, we're told, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. Paul says, this is my gospel. This is the important stuff. Jesus, raised from the dead, descended from David. And we need to remember that. There's a lot of other things that we can remember. We need to remember who Jesus is. Turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 13. We'll camp here for a little bit. Some great scripture in here. Great words from God on remembering. 
Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13, 2, we read, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Do not forget to entertain strangers. In verse 3, we're told to remember those in prison and those who are mistreated. Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. We need to remember those, those down, those down and out folks, the outcasts of society, the fringe that we tend to try and separate ourselves from sometimes. And what the writer of Hebrews is saying is that we're to remember them. We're, we're to treat the strangers and entertain them. We're to take care of them. The prisoners, the ones we want to have nothing to do with, you know, we need to associate ourselves with them as though we ourselves were their fellow prisoner. Those who are mistreated, we need to do something about it as if we were the ones being mistreated. It's about other people, sometimes the ones that we don't necessarily want to associate with. In verse 7, We're told to remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Remember your leaders, especially those who have gone about teaching you and continue to teach you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of faith or life and imitate their faith. Remember them. Verse 16, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. We need to remember to do good, and we need to share with other people, show hospitality. We need to remember that we are our brothers and sisters' keepers. Turn with me to James chapter 5, verses 19 to 20. We read, my brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. We need to remember that we are our brothers and sisters' keepers. It's our job as a believer to keep an eye on our brothers and sisters in Christ, to warn them, to remind them, and if they wander away, to bring them back with us. Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. Jesus is speaking to the church in Ephesus. And he says, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Jesus is just talking to the church and the people there, and he's, he's talked about what he's seen good going on, but then he brings them back to reality by saying that they have forsaken or abandoned or departed from, left their first love, the love that they used to have for each other and for Christ. 
and they need to remember the height from which they have fallen. Then they need to repent and do what they did at first. So why does God continually remind us to remember and not forget? I think we get some insight into this in two passages that I want us to look at briefly as we conclude. The first one is Numbers chapter 15, verses 37 through 40. So if you would turn back to that. Numbers 15, 37 to 40. I want to read this passage in the New English translation this morning because I I really like the way that it reads and it makes things very clear. The Lord spoke to Moses, speak to the Israelites and tell them to make tassels for themselves on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and put a blue thread on the tassels of the corners. You must have this tassel so that you may look at it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and obey them and so that you do not follow after your own heart and your own eyes that leave you, lead you to unfaithfulness. Thus you will remember and obey all my commandments and be holy to your God. God continually reminds us to remember so that we might obey him and so that we don't follow after our own hearts and eyes that lead us to unfaithfulness. Our hearts deceive us. Our eyes have a tendency to run after everything that is appealing to them. And our hearts and our eyes will lead us astray. And so God commands Moses here, to remember, to continually remember, to place things around him so that he does not forget, so that he will obey God, so that we will obey him and not follow after our own hearts and eyes that lead us to unfaithfulness. And lastly, if you don't mind, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy 8, verses 10 through 20. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, And when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you out, he brought you water out of hard rock He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known, to humble and to test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, 
and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers, as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. God continually reminds us to remember so that we obey him and don't follow after our own hearts and eyes that lead us to unfaithfulness and so that we don't become proud and forget him. So that we don't think that's because of our minds or our strength or our ability that what we have, we have. So that we remember that what we have came from him. That he's the one who's blessed us. That he's given it all to us. There is no room to be proud. Only humble. And that kind of brings us back to the beginning. My prayer is that we might have the tendency, that the tendency in our lives to remember what we ought to forget and forget what we ought to remember might change as we intentionally use objects and reminders and work hard at remembering God and the things that he desires for us to do. Find ways to put things in front of you to remember who he is, what he's done, and what he desires for you and me to do. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I pray that as we have read so much of it this morning, that you would speak to us continually through it. That your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts to make us the people that you want us to be. Help us to remember you and who you are. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Join with me again, and let's sing 382, Be Thou My Vision, 382.
that you would help us to remember who you are, to remember the great things that you've done, to tell those stories to everyone we come in contact with, and to remember the things that you've told us to do, that we might live for your glory, for your fame. We pray in the name of Jesus and for your glory. Amen.